0: Hello, my dear friends. Welcome to the first June episode of the Breaking Into series here on the Brightly Human podcast. And as promised, I am podcasting to you from New York, which is my new home, sort of indefinitely. And if you can hear a low humming in the background, it is the constant protestation of the air conditioner since it's really hot here and beautifully muggy. I'm really excited about today's episode in particular because today we're going to talk about one of my favorite poets, Linda Gregg, and it feels fitting to be honoring Linda Gregg today because she was a Bay Area poet. She was from Marin. And my love of her work is relatively recent. I discovered her while taking a poetry workshop with Carl Phillips in October of 2019, when the world was a very different place. And it was his infectious love of her work that really hooked me. And now I can't imagine my life without the poetry of Linda Gregg. So, friends, today what we'll be discussing is the poem Elegance by Linda Gregg, Unexpected Beauty, and Rupture. It was originally my intention to read the poem Winter Love alongside by Linda Gregg alongside the poem Flying and Failing by Jack Gilbert, but I'm not quite ready for that comparison, so that will come at a later date, I assure you. For today though, let's talk about Linda Gregg and how her forays into unexpected beauty and her great capacity for solitude can teach us much about our own capacity for craft and being interrupted. It occurred to me today, while finishing Brene Brown's book, Daring Greatly, that in many of these conversations about being interrupted by, what I am perhaps also talking about without talking about it is the daily practice of vulnerability, which is what true presence requires, the vulnerability to be open and capacious enough to receive and to be with what is. And I bring that up before reading this poem because I think a younger me would not have appreciated the very subtle nuances of Linda Gregg in the way that I do now. And I would not have called her poetry particularly vulnerable. And yet, the more I engage in this daily practice of joy, of rupture, of being interrupted, the more vulnerability I see in everything, which is truly a beautiful thing. With that said, here's elegance by Linda Gregg. All that is uncared for, left alone in the stillness, in that pure silence married to the stillness of nature a door off its hinges shade and shadows in an empty room leaks for light raw where the roof tin rusted through the rustle of weeds in their different kinds of air in the mornings year after year a pecan tree and the house made out of mud bricks accurate and unexpected beauty rattling and singing if not to the sun then to nothing and no one this is from linda gregg's collection all of It singing which is perhaps one of my favorite collections of hers and if you are able to look at this on the page i encourage you to do so always however you don't need to in order to appreciate the conversation about form and structure here so the very first line is all that is uncared for and stop that's how this poem begins and if we do think about the stanza as the latin root for The Latin word for the concept of room, then we can think about a stanza as the way we enter the house of the poem. This happens to be a studio apartment. (laughs) It is one stanza, and it starts with this end-stopped line that is a fragment, and when poems start with an end-stopped line, I often think of them as declarative of sorts, whether that is declarations to orient oneself, or a way to create a legend for the map of what we're about to enter, the world we're about to traverse. Whatever it is, there's a reason that it is standalone. When we have lines that are end-stopped, they get emphasized they get pointed to, particularly in juxtaposition to in jammed lines, where the lines continue into the next line, and sometimes into the next and into the next, as was the case with Rasgase, the opera singer that we talked about last episode. But here we have the first line, all that is uncared for. So immediately we enter this poem with a sort of gesture towards, this is a conversation about the truly ordinary. And so ordinary are these these ideas, these concepts, these objects that we don't even care for them. We don't tend to them. It makes me think about how years ago, when I was in my 20s, I worked as a lighting technician for a theater company and the lighting designer used to say, When lighting is really beautiful and good, nobody notices it. But when it's really bad, everybody notices it, right? And I think the same can be true for these somewhat, quote unquote, uncared for ordinary moments. So immediately we enter this poem with the expectation that we're we're being told about some sort of secret, ordinary thing the next line is jammed over the next three lines. Left alone in the stillness, line break. In that pure silence, married, line break, to the stillness of nature. Let me read that again. Left alone in the stillness, in that pure silence, married to the stillness of nature. So now we have built upon our knowledge of this world, everything that is uncared for, is left alone in the stillness. But not just stillness, in pure silence, married to the stillness of nature. So here we've entered something possibly static, or at least quiet, that lends itself to the dailiness of it, the sort of unnoticed nature of it. And then we continue, and jammed over two lines, a door off its hinges Shade and shadows in an empty room. The door is not a functioning door. It hasn't been cared for, it hasn't been put on its hinges, so to speak. And shade and shadows in an empty room, a kind of via negativa or a kind of negative space, things being defined by what they are not or by what is not there. There is not light here. And in fact, that's clarified. Leaks for light, period. Raw wear, the tin roof rusted through. Okay, we're starting to get a sense of, if we talk about the stanza as a room, we're actually talking maybe about a literal structure. There's a roof that is rusted through. There's a door off its hinges. There's no light, just shade and shadows. And the leaks are what rupture that darkness, that obscurity. Then we continue. The rustle of weeds in their different kinds of air in the mornings, year after year. So we have weeds, which we think of as uncared for, um, negligent, like the result of negligence. I mean, I think we could talk amply about how beautiful weeds are, but the case is being made here that this is not a visited place. A pecan tree in the house made out of, bri- of mud bricks. A pecan tree in the house made out of mud bricks, accurate and unexpected beauty, rattling and singing. If not to the sun, then to nothing and no one. Listen, really remarkable things happen in these last lines, these last five lines, which are really three sentences. A pecan tree and the house made out of mud bricks. Accurate and unexpected beauty, rattling and singing. Okay, here we are, right? We have been shown a scene of uncared for, dilapidated, negligence, ordinary, everyday, quiet, silent, defined by darkness, leaks for light. The weeds that are unchanging themselves, but the air around them is different in the mornings year after year. So the weeds themselves do not change, but the air around them does. Accurate and unexpected beauty, rattling and singing. The singing here perhaps is many things. The waving of the weeds in these different airs every morning, the door off of its hinges, the shade and the shadows, and the emptiness of the room, and the leaks that a lot for light or are light themselves and they're left alone it's almost this idea of glorifying solitude left alone in the stillness in that pure silence married to the stillness of nature and then this really stunning last sentence which is over two lines if not to the Sun then to nothing and no one all right This is a very different kind of poem than we have talked about in this series thus far, right? Because so far we've talked about two instances in which people have been interrupted by something happening around them, and they've been interrupted from a state of reverie or have been startled into knowing and noticing through grief and where everything external is writ large, such was the case with meditations in an emergency, or startled out of grief by something unexpected and beautiful and not ordinary, like an opera singer, such as the poem Opera Singer by Ross Gay. But here we have something quieter, neglected, uncared for that maybe we wouldn't even notice? Would we notice if we walked or drove or rode a bike past a dilapidated house fitting this description? And why is it beautiful? And what is unexpected? And what does it mean for there to be a singing? to Nothing and to No One, and why talk about it in context of the Breaking Into series? Okay, I don't necessarily think that it's the most illustrative thing to answer all of those questions, because I think the very best poems beget more questions, and that's one of the joyful things about them, but I will say that I'm sure it's not lost on you, dear listener, that What Greg was pointing to was this kind of tree falling in a forest and no one around to hear it idea that there's a secret beauty in most things. And there's a secret beauty also in what is not cared for and what is not held up as beautiful. And it reminds me of this dharmic idea of everyone containing a sort of secret beauty in themselves that we don't always get the opportunity to see and it sometimes comes out in these very ordinary or unexpected ways like a friend moving their hair out of their eyes right or once years ago I have this very unfortunate and yet somewhat touted uh, benefic skill, blessing, curse, I don't know what it is, where I always get shit on by birds. (laughs) And years ago that happened to me and a friend of mine wiped it away with her bare hands. And that gesture really touched me, right? That's a sort of uncared for secret beauty and it's not dissimilar to a broken down house and the weeds singing in their different winds. And why talk about it in the context of a Breaking Into series? Well, I guess to say that you do not have to have something extraordinary occur to you while walking down the street like an opera singer, or be going through a truly hard time like in meditations in an emergency, in order to be interrupted and broken into by the marvelousness and vulnerability of the world. There is singing that happens everywhere, whether we notice it or not. And sometimes it happens loudest in uncared for moments. And this is something that Linda Gregg's poetry does so very well, is this nuance and this subtlety and this gesturing towards, and this quietude and this solitude. And for me, her work always points towards a life lived with leaks for light, I suppose. And... When I was younger, I don't know that I would have appreciated that as a craft element or an aesthetic in the way that I do now. Because it took more to startle me. It took more to be sensationalized when I was younger. It was perhaps more high-octane. And I'm not sure if that's true for you too, my friends. But here I am in this beautiful Brooklyn apartment, looking out, and Pig is also weighing in, looking out at the city at sunrise. Sunrises are very cared for things. They're very touted, they're very appreciated. But this broken air conditioner is is not cared for. And in our daily lives, are we the weeds with our different morning airs year after the year? Are we the door off the hinges? Are we the pecan tree and the house made of mud bricks? I would argue that we are all of these things. So, you've been tasked over the last few weeks to think about moments where you have had your own meditations in an emergency, your own sort of mantras that you say to yourself, to notice when you've been startled into noticing. But this episode, I ask you to intentionally look for the uncared for, to be vulnerable to it, to be broken into by it, and to be embraced by it. And sung to by it. I wish you the very best in this ordinary daily endeavor. And until next time.